Welcome to Shelf Under Podcast, the Toronto Public Library podcast for readers, writers, and everyone practicing physical distancing. Today we're bringing you a bonus episode to give some recommendations for library resources you can access from home while library branches are closed due to the COVID-19 pandemic. My name is Mike, and today I'll be joined by my colleague Myrna to talk about some e-learning courses that we've been taking while we're at home. We realize this is a difficult time and hope that our recommendations can help those seeking a distraction. Our thoughts are with everyone in the city, especially those keeping essential services running. Hi, Myrna. Hi, Mike. Thank you for joining me today. Um, so we brought you in because you have been taking a couple of different um, online courses. And uh, one that you did a blog post about was uh, learning American Sign Language. And that is through a library resource called uh, Gale Courses. Uh, so my first question is why you decided to take that course? Well, for me, uh, American Sign Language had always been something I was super interested in. Um, I always had found it very interesting, the idea that you have this kind of language that is not verbal. Uh, and I'd like had an American Sign Language dictionary since I was a little kid. It was just that classic case of never making the time for something. I'd also had, uh, right before the library's physical locations closed, an interaction with a customer where uh, she was hard of hearing or deaf. And we basically got by and just like me pointing at signs and stuff. But it did make me realize, oh, if I could just use some, know some basic signs to help orientate her in the library, I could have been of so much more assistance. Um, so those two things together, just always having a curiosity about the language and then also having a specific situation where I was like, oh, I could have helped somebody to such a greater degree if I had just like basic familiarity with this language. Um, so those are two big things that motivated me to do it. And then I also found myself with a bit more time on my hands. So why not take advantage of it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. And I mean, I know, um, yeah, a lot of people seem to have some, some extra time or are looking for, for different ways to fill the time. Um, so uh, this is one of many courses um, that is available through Gale Courses. Uh, could you explain a bit how um, the structure of the course works through Gale Courses? Yeah, sure. So admittedly, I haven't actually completed any of the ones that aren't language learning focused, so it might change a bit depending on the content. But uh, this particular one, there's about like 12 units that you go through and there's kind of lessons in them. And then there's also uh, tests that you take at the each of, end of each unit. Um, just to kind of test your knowledge, it's not actually that like scary. Like if you're failing your tests, you don't get kicked out. It's more just an indicator, oh, maybe I should go back and review this content. And then there's also kind of discussion boards where they ask you sometimes to post about homework assignments, but you also can have conversations with the course instructor and also with other students. Um, and I actually found that really interesting. I was a bit too shy to participate too much, but seeing other people's experiences in the discussion board, I really found um, was an added element. And so you mentioned that these these are instructor-led courses. Um, so for the the teaching sessions, are they pre-recorded? Are they done live? Yeah. So the it's kind of a mix. As I said, it could be different um, if you're taking different content, but they'll sometimes be text, 
and then there'll also be videos of the instructors. And then you also sometimes have little kind of interactive activities where it's like, oh, for the example of American Sign Language, uh, kind of like check off what sign somebody was doing in a video so you can test yourself on things. So there's kind of built-in activities that keep you engaged. Um, but yeah, it's a mix of text and then video. None of it's live, so you can really do it pretty asynchronously, but you're kind of coming along with a cohort of fellow students, which is really nice. And then an instructor's there in the comments to ask any answer any questions, but you can totally do it at like 11 p.m. at night when you have the time. <laughs> and then the instructor might answer your question the next day. Oh, that's interesting. So it gets you a bit of the, some still human interaction will be able to, to do it at your own pace. Yeah, and it's definitely like, uh, you could, I could tell, I think, because a lot of people had signed up, probably a lot of people were experiencing the same thing of like having a bit more time on their hands. Um, I could tell that a lot of other commenters and people were kind of really appreciating uh, the fact that they could reach out and talk to other people uh, during this time. Like they were really happy to kind of see all these fellow things. I think uh, a lot of other people in the course actually, I think were fellow library workers. And some of the non-library workers were like, oh, my library is closed and I'm so happy to see so many librarians here. <laughs> so that was kind of cute. <laughs> and I was kind of curious with American Sign Language. I mean, I'm thinking, you know, it would, it, it would help that you're going through activities where you're watching video and trying to trying to read what someone's saying or or understand what someone's saying um, are you do you have any method to practice it yourself I've been using my own version of flashcards and that's been really helpful for just reviewing and kind of drilling in the signs because you are learning so many of them over the course of the course um, also I've been uh, video conferencing with a friend and they are also taking the course and uh, that's been really helpful because it's a motivator one. It's like, oh, I want to finish the next unit so that we can practice new vocab with each other. And then also it's useful because it's like uh, you can easily pick up bad habits. I think when you're learning in isolation and you don't realize your own error. So having uh, somebody else who's also, even though they're a learner, to look at you practicing your signs is really helpful. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. And I would I would probably feel the same way. Um... It's, I need someone else to sometimes hold me accountable or, or even to, to talk through things when you're, you know, you're having a, a problem and, and, you know, you maybe don't want to text your instructor or something you think is a stupid question. You know, it's something you might be a little more comfortable talking to a friend about. Yeah, and I think it's come up. We had one video conference where we admittedly did not practice any signs, but we just kind of spoke about deaf culture and about kind of like, linguistics of sign language stuff, which was still super interesting uh, to just have someone to have that conversation with, even if we weren't necessarily reviewing our signs. Because they're just, you know, verbal conversations, more things can come up than when you're speaking with somebody via a message board or something. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Maybe I'll take us back to the beginning in sort of some ways for people that may not be familiar with Gale courses. This is available through our website for anyone that has a Toronto Public Library card. Um, there are a wide range of courses that you can take for free. Um, so not just language courses, but also writing, um, accounting, um, some legal courses, uh, a really a, a wide range. I know I was looking on earlier and I was looking at one um, to help uh, aim for teachers, but it'd be applicable to me and my job of, of doing instructional work for teenagers. Um, so there's a lot of different courses, but one thing people should know is that they're um, 
they cannot start a course at any time. So there are starting dates for, for the courses, um, usually one day a month, either looks to be the second or third Wednesday um, that you would be able to start a course. And was your course the uh, Discover Sign Language that you've been doing? Yeah, so I've just done Discover Sign Language. That's what the title of it is. And there's also um, Discover Sign Language 2. Uh, but I haven't started on that yet. <laughs> right. So, and uh, if you have a specific course you're looking for, like if you're looking for Discover Sign Language, um, you can also just search that on um, our tpl.ca, our website, in the main search bar, and that'll bring you up the, the link to the Gale course automatically, so you don't have to go through Gale courses. Um, or if you want to browse and see what kind of courses are available, um, you can just search for Gale courses and that'll bring you to the, the main page for Gale courses with all the different courses that are listed there. So, and for instance, for Discover Sign Language, the next one, um, are the starting June 17th and June 15th. Is there anything else that I've missed asking about uh, the course or something else uh, that you would want to mention about it? I guess one other thing I'll say is uh, something I really enjoy, I found I enjoy about online learning is just the ability to kind of bring in other resources and perspectives as you're going through the course. Like if you get confused about a concept, you can really go out and do your own research and, research and bring in other resources. So in particular for Discover Sign Language, I found there's so many great resources out there created by uh, American Sign Language signers and also by the deaf community that really like give extra depth to the knowledge you're gaining. And um, it's just so easy to really research that as you're going through. And so that's something I've really appreciated about the online experience. While you might have lost out on kind of the face-to-face -face contact, there's so many perspectives like at your fingertips as you're going through and learning content. And is that things you're finding through your own research or sort of extra reading material that they're giving you through the course? Uh, it's a combination of both. So the course does do a good job. Like at the end of every unit, there'll usually be like additional readings if you want to go deeper on a topic. So um, for instance, one unit, we talked about uh, Black American Sign Language, which is kind of a distinct dialect. And they linked out to kind of other resources that explained about this dialect and about what was unique about it. Um, but then also there'll just be things like, I was really struggling with learning how to fingerspell because that's like 26 signs uh, and just memorizing them all was quite difficult. And I myself sought out um, some videos from a company called uh, LifePrint that are uh, free online. And that really helped like me just understand fingerspelling on this deeper level. So I like that combination of other resources that it's like, pushing you to from the course, but also once you become interested in a topic, you can sometimes find additional resources that are really helpful. That always seems to be the way when you find something that you're really passionate about. The more you start learning, you realize the depth of something and how much you really don't know. Uh, so it, like it always, you know, I always find I get into these spirals where you start off with like one, you know, not simple, but one uh, small idea of wanting to to learn a language, say, and then of course with language comes culture and all these other aspects that you don't think of when you just think of learning a language. Yeah, um, yeah, no, it's so interesting. There was um, another one of our Toronto Public Library colleagues shared a resource that was specifically about like uh, queer Toronto sign. So it was like specific like signs for like gay bars in Toronto and stuff like that. And it was like, oh, I didn't even think that this would be like this subset of language that you would want to take on. And so that was really cool because that's not something you'd 
link in an overall course, but it was something that like another person was able to share that kind of deepened my learning. So yeah, there's definitely always so many facets to stuff. Oh, that is fascinating. And uh, I'm going to have to ask you for a whole bunch of links after this so that we can can put all these in the episode page so so people can check this out as well. Because um, I know I definitely want to. Uh, so I wanted to, to move on to another online course that you'd be doing, not through the library. Uh, but before we talk about that one, maybe you could talk a bit about your role and where you work for the library. So I am a librarian. Uh, but I work with two of Toronto Public Library's special collections. So the Merrill Collection and the Osborne Collection. And uh, the Merrill Collection is focused on science fiction, fantasy, and speculative fiction overall. And the Osborne Collection is focused on early children's books and the history of children's reading and children's books. Um, so those are like, basically, they're not circulating collections. They're collections of kind of unique special books that people have to come and look at and uh, to some degree with the Merrill collection but much more with the Osborne collection a lot of those books are very old so like dating back to the 15th century uh, very old books and so uh, that's kind of like an area of knowledge that anyone who works with those collections really needs to develop a bit um, to learn about caring for those books, but also just uh, information about those books that we can pass on to people who come visit the collection and help researchers and students. So my role as librarian, uh, I kind of work on projects related to those collections. I also help out anyone who comes in and wants to research on those collections. Um, sometimes we will like give presentations to people on various topics uh, during the pandemic, I've been writing some blog posts to help share about things that are digitized from the collections. So that's kind of what I do within TPL. And which leads to this online course that you're doing offered from Trinity College Dublin uh, called The History of the Book in Early Modern Period, uh, 1450 to 1800. Uh, so what have you been learning in that course? So that course, it's very interesting. So what it goes into is kind of all these different facets of the book in the early modern period. And so it's looking at how are books made, how are books sold, how are books read, what was the influence of mainly the printed book on European politics and culture in that era. So it really goes into like super in-depth stuff about uh, how typefaces were designed, but also things like the types of notes people wrote in the margins of their books. Like it goes into kind of all the different facets of the important role that books played in culture and some of the things we might not know about um, how people in that era would have approached books, how they would have understood them, their value. So that's really what it's about. And it's... Um, a really great course because it kind of connects into a lot of other resources and projects that libraries around the world are working on to share knowledge about that era of books. Does this seem like a course that's focused a lot towards people who are in the book profession of some sort or are there a lot of just people have taken this of interest? Do you have any idea of, of who was taking the course? So there was kind of like a little intro post when I first started in the course and a lot of people were already working as like antiquarian book dealers or special collections librarians or scholars. Um, but there were also people who were just kind of interested members of the public who wanted to learn more about this. I find uh, the course is actually fairly introductory. So it's kind of interesting how all these people who might already be a bit knowledgeable on the topic are coming in and they're offering their kind of enrichment and knowledge 
um, pretty much like every section of the course has a discussion section and people will talk about things that they have seen or experienced or their own knowledge. And it's almost a little intimidating to uh, participate sometimes because <laughs> I'm an early career librarian. So I'm just learning about some of these things, but some of these people have super deep knowledge, but it's a really great asset and it's really great to see all those people discuss it. But I definitely think it starts from a beginner enough level that anyone who has an interest in that history could definitely appreciate it and gain something from it. And, and how does the structure work compared to uh, the sign language course that you've been taking? I would say it's similar-ish in that it's a combination of kind of written up like almost articles or texts that you learn and then you also view some videos from the instructors of the course. One thing I would say that's a bit different is there's a there are quite uh, creative like assignments they basically give you. So there was one assignment where it was like uh, make up your own printer's device which is essentially like the logo a printer would have had in the early modern period and they give you kind of like all the little pieces to put together one that would be like this would represent my printing house if I was an early modern printer. So uh, they're very creative in terms of how they keep you engaged and get you to kind of extend your learning in that way. So that's one really cool thing about it is the kind of assignments they come up with. And there's other things where they'll link you to databases and say, just go explore this database of early modern books and bring back what you've kind of learned from it or observations you've made about it. So that's another area where kind of having a mix of more people who are newer to the content and people who are more experienced with the content is really interesting because there can be some really deep insights from people who are already familiar with the content that they'll bring back from the little assignments they set in this course. Yeah, that's, I guess, it's nice to know that those uh, elements are in online courses um, because, you know, a lot of the great learning experiences that I've had in classrooms have not just been from a teacher, but when everyone is learning collectively together and you're learning from the experiences of other people as well. Um, so it's great to hear that these are, are elements in online courses also. One question I have to ask you, because of course you're working from home, you're not able to, to get into these special collections right now. How much does this course really want to make you get your hands on some old books? <laughs> you know, I actually will say some of me and my colleagues, we've been like texting each other and emailing each other being like, we miss the books. Like that's literally like we miss just being able to like go in and like pull these like amazing books off the shelf and look at them and use them in our research. Um, but I kind of think this has like almost calmed me down a bit in that I'm like looking at all these books from all over the world and I'm getting like all this new content. So it's made me a bit less melancholy about not being able to be with our own collections. <laughs> Though there are some things where I really, after I learned about them in the course, I really wanted to go look at our collections. There was one thing about um, how various, this is super like book nerdy, but like how different versions of Aesop's fables were illustrated. And I know the Osborne collection has got a ton of different collections of Aesop's fables. And I was like, oh, now I want to go see and compare ours and see if we have any of the versions talked about in the course. So definitely for some specific things, I wanted to like follow up and do a little bit of research about like what our collection has. But overall, it actually has made me less sad about not being able to be with the books. <laughs> well, that's good. I, I'm glad to hear it's been maybe therapeutic in a sense. And and maybe potentially give you some, some other ideas for, for blog posts once you're able to to get back in and be with the collections. Yeah. Maybe I'll just ask you one last thing about this course. And is there any sort of interesting fact that you would really like to tell people or something that you've really learned that stuck with you from the course? There's so much in there. 
I think one thing that was very interesting to me and that kind of let me see how like we assume people in the past, like we don't even think about how their experiences of life could have been different. One thing is there was a section on um, readers and they were talking about how in kind of the early modern period, so many people were readers, but they were not writers. So that people, it used to be, you could learn to read and you would read the Bible and you would read these different texts, but you wouldn't write. And they were talking about how especially that was for women. And that was really something I wanted to kind of go deeper on and think about a bit more about like, what's the implication of that being someone who can read, but can't write, can't, can't have an output only input. <laughs> Though obviously you still would have some sort of output, but it wouldn't be one that we'd be able to review nowadays. So that was super interesting to me. Um, and just something I hadn't thought about before. Yeah. And I guess that would spin off into, you know, at a time when it wasn't easy to have access to printing presses and, and be able to get your thoughts out there as anyone can do these days online in any sort, you know, who, who controls that and, and what does that mean about the, the works that are getting published? Yeah. And I think that's something that's come up in the comments a bit is, um, when they will in the course and sometimes people have pushed back on this idea of like looking at books as kind of the popular culture of the era when really it's just was so much more narrow who had access to literacy and then also books as opposed to just like pamphlets or smaller texts um and so we can kind of understand this as one part of culture people might have consumed back then but it's not nearly close to the kind of mass culture that books are nowadays or the internet is nowadays, because so many more people have access to that than had access to books and literacy back in the early modern period. Well, you've given me a whole lot more research and, and learning that I want to do. Uh, so, so thank you, Myrna, so much for coming on and, and talking about these courses that you've been doing. That's been really fascinating. It was my pleasure. Take care. Okay. Bye. <laughs> Mike and Myrna work for the library. Music by Highs. Shelve Under Podcast is a Toronto Public Library production. It is produced by Wendy Banks, Jason Bazadian, Ted Belke, Michael Warner, and Christina Wong. With production assistance by George Panayotu.